بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹینتھ آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا فورتھ نائٹ دا وی گوئنگ ٹو دا انڈسٹریس لائف of our beloved mother, Sayyida Khatija bint Khuwaylid radiyallam. And I'm on the section now where I'm mentioning the reports about the blessed marriage between our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this noble lady. So in another report, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani, Al-Hayatami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 220, stated Hassan, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 267 to 8 of the New English Translation. Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahumma, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once mentioned how the father of Khatija radiyallahumma was reluctant to marry her to him. She thus prepared a meal and invited her father along with several members of the Quraysh who ate and drank until they were drunk. It was then said that she said to him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the son of Abdullah, has proposed marriage to me. Marry me to him. When he got her married, she applied khaluk, i.e. a type of fragrance, to, to him, a set of clothing to wear, in keeping with the custom of their forefathers. When he became sober and noticed the khaluk and clothing, he said, what has happened to me? What is this? Hmm. When Khadija radiyallahu informed him that he had married her to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the son of Abdullah, he said, did I get Abu Talib's orphan married? By my life, this can never be. Hmm. Khadija radiyallahu thereupon remarked, do you not have any shame? Do you wish to make yourself look like a fool in front of the Quraysh who will then inform the people that you were drunk? She then continued convincing him until he was happy, i.e. with the marriage. So here, this again seems to go in line with the report yesterday which mentions that Khatija radiyallahu she offered drink to the guests But the intention was to get her father intoxicated so that he would, you know, go ahead with the marriage. Mm. And it mentions that she then applied some perfume to him, gave him a, a new set of clothing, as was the custom when marriage takes place. And when he came around, he saw this and then she, he was informed. Mm. So these are some of the reports. And with the chain of transmission, the chain of transmission is authentic. Mm. So this report is in Ahmad, the previous one I mentioned yesterday was in Tabalani. There is, however, another report. Sayyida Nafisa, radiyallahu she said, During her time, Khatija was noted as a woman of highest birth, who was the most respected and also the wealthiest amongst the Quraysh. Thus every man of her people decided to marry her if he got the opportunity to do so. In fact, many had asked for her hand in marriage 
and had spent large sums of money in their quest. When Muhammad one day returned with her caravan from a journey in Sham, Khatija has sent me to him to extract some information. O Muhammad, what prevents you from getting married? He replied, I have no money at hand with which to marry. I then inquired, what if your expenses were taken care of and you were asked to marry a beautiful, wealthy, respectable woman who was perfectly suited to you? Would you accept the offer? He asked, who is she? When I informed him it was no other than Khadija, he said, how is that possible for me? I said, this is my responsibility. Then he replied, then I am prepared. When I reported back to her, she sent him a message informing him exactly when to arrive for the ceremony. She then sent for her uncle, Amr ibn Asad, to get her married. Just after Amr arrived, Rasulullah also arrived with several of his uncles. It was one of them who conducted the marriage ceremony. Amr ibn Asad remarked, he is indeed a partner that can never be turned down. At the time of this marriage, Rasulullah was 25 years of age, whilst Khadija was 40. She was born 15 years before the year of the elephant. So this is recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 1, page 131, Hayat al volume 4, page 268-29 of the New English Translation. So now this is another report. So what is different here? No mention of the father. The father is not mentioned at all. Who was the one who gave away Khatija? Her uncle. Amr ibn Asad. Does it mention anything about him being drunk? Or anything of that nature? Nothing. He was straightforward. In fact, he was very pleased. He goes, he cannot be turned down. In other words, he's such a noble person. And the marriage was conducted by the uncles of Rasulullah. So who were the uncles? I've mentioned in a while. One of them was, of course, Abu Talib. Another was Hamza. Another was Abbas. They all attended. And then it mentions the age which we shall discuss at the relevant time. So can you reconcile the reports? No. Because the father is mentioned in one report. And in this report, it mentions the uncle. There's a, there's a conflict. Shaykh al-Ahadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandihlawi Rahmatullahi he confirmed in Seerat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa volume 3 page 285 of the English translation Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa consulted his kind uncle Abu Talib and accepted her proposal her father Khawailid had already passed away however her uncle Amr ibn Asad was alive at the time and he attended the marriage on the appointed date, Abu Talib, together with other members of the family, including Hamza radiallahu, went to the house of Khatija radiallahu, and the marriage rites were performed. Abu Talib read the marriage sermon, and the dowry was set at 500 dirhams. This is also recorded by Hafiz Zulqani in his Sharh al-Mawahib, volume 3, page 220. So note, one of the scholars of the hadith, he said this is the authentic report and it refers to the uncle because the father had passed away so obviously to mention him he's problematic straight away so he goes there was no basically like we say underhand tactics to get the marriage done 
It was done clearly and, you know, uh, all above board as they say. The Shaykh al-Hadith continued, Walaqa ibn Nawfal was also present at the marriage. When Abu Talib completed his sermon, Walaqa ibn Nawfal delivered a short speech. This is recorded by Hafiz Zurqani as well in his Sharh al-Mawahib, volume 3, page 221. So the niqah was done by Abu Talib, the Prophet's uncle, sallallahu alayhi wa And Walaqa ibn Nawfal, who was the cousin of Khadija, who was a Christian, he did a short sermon. Right? So what's strange about all this? All of this is sunnah. So it was like the sunnah was being applied before the revelation of it had, had been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh of the Hadith continued. Some narrations mentioned that after the offer and acceptance of the proposal, Khadija radiyallahu had a cow slaughtered, food was cooked and fed to the guests. This is also recorded by Hafiz Zurqani in his Sharh al-Mawahid, volume 3, page 221. So some reports mentioned Khadija also graciously, lavishly gave to the people who attended, slaughtered the cow and it was given to the guests. Hafiz ibn Katif, he said, Rahmatullah in his Sira, volume 1, page 190 of the English translation, Ibn Hisham stated, he وسلم, gave her 20 young female camels as a dowry. She was the first woman he married, sallallahu alayhi wa and he married no other woman until she passed away. This is in Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 1, page 190 of the English translation. So, in turn, Rasulullah gave 20 young camels as a dowry. And that's a lot. 20 young female camels as a dowry. And he never married another woman as long as he was married to Khatija radiallahu. So now, how do the scholars reconcile the reports? Was it her father who in a state of intoxication, who gave her away, was it her uncle? And another report mentions even her brother, Khadija's brother gave her away. So this is how you clarify. So first entitled, those who say it was Khadija's father, Khawailid, who gave her away in marriage. So who mentions that? Hafiz Behaki, Rahmatullah he stated it was her father Khawailid who gave her away in a state of drunkenness. <laughs> Related in Behaki in his Dalai il Nubu'a 2-71, Ibn Ishaq Ibn Hisham in his Sira 1-246. But it has a very weak chain. So one view it is, was his father. It was, sorry, her father. But this is a, has a very weak chain. However, it has strong supporting evidences. Mm. The hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas recorded in Behaki in his Delayal 2-73 which is a daif chain of transmission. The hadith of Abu Miljas recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat 1-132 with a daif chain of transmission. The hadith of Ibn Abbas recorded by Ahmad Fattur Rabbani 20-197 with a strong chain. And number four the hadith of Imam Zuhri recorded in Behaki in his Delayal 2-69 and his Mursa. So because of some of the supporting evidences, some scholars have accepted this view. So if you get some books of Sira, it will mention that this incident of the father getting drunk and the marriage taking place, they've accepted it. And the reason they've accepted it is because of supporting evidences. The second view. 
those who say it was Khatija Radiyallahu's brother Amr ibn Khuwaylid who gave her away in marriage. So now just to mention this, Khatija Radiyallahu, she had brothers and sisters. <laughs> so it's important to highlight her brothers and her sisters. Why? Because from the from the loins came great companions. So let's mention so you understand what I'm talking about. So Khadija Radiyallahu one of her brothers was sorry one of her sisters was Hala. So her full sister was Hala Radiyallahu. Hala she had a son called Abu Al-As Radiyallahu. So you with me? Right? So Khadija's sister is Hala she had a son called Abu Al-As Abu Al-As married Khatija's daughter and Rasulullah's daughter called Zainab have you understood? right? so Zainab, Rasulullah's daughter Khatija's daughter married Hala Hala's uh, son Abu Al-As have you got that? Yes, mashallah. Okay, so that's the sister, Hala radiyallahu. She had brothers. So one of her brothers is Al Awam. So where do you famously hear that name, Al Awam? He had a very famous son, one of the ten promised paradise. Let's test you out. So which one of the ten promised paradise was the son of Awam? Asma? No. What's a woman? Zubair. Zubair ibn al-Awam. One of the ten promised paradise. So now think about that. Zubair's father was Khatija's brother. Therefore Khatija is the poopy or the paternal aunt of Zubair. So Awam, very interesting. Who else was her brother? Another one of her brothers was Hizam. Hizam. So again, a person goes, okay, that's Khadija's brother. Her son was a famous companion. Hakim ibn Hizam. Hakim ibn Hizam was the son of Khadija's brother. You understand? So Khadija's brother is Hizam. He had a son called Hakim. So what do we know about him? Hakim ibn Hizam, he was unique. He is the only companion who was born in the Kaaba. So the Rawafid say it was Ali. But that doesn't have a chain of transmission. Imam Hakim records that, but there's absolutely no chain for it. So it's fabricated. The Sahih Hadith in Sahih Muslim said it is Hakim ibn Hizam. So Khatija's nephew, her brother's son was born in the Kaaba. He was born 13 years before Rasulullah. He was 13 years older than Rasulullah. 
So Hakim ibn Hizam, and also he had a great love for the Prophet as well. He embraced Islam eventually. Hakim ibn Hizam radiallahu. So you got the brothers. You have your mentioning, right? So you've got uh, Hizam, whose famous son is Hakim. You've got Hala, the sister, whose son was Abu al-As, who became the son-in-law of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And you've got the third, Awam, Al-Awam, who was the father of Zubair. This mentions another brother, Asad. Asad ibn Khawailid. So this is a view, sorry, no Asad, Amr ibn Khawailid. Amr ibn Khawailid gave her away in marriage. Where is this mentioned? Hafiz Suhili in his Al Raud al Unuf 1-214, Hafiz ibn Kathir in his Al Bidaya 2-320, and Hafiz Shami in his Subul al Huda Wal Rashad 2-225 have stated that Ibn Ishaq's opinion in his biographical work was that it was Khatija's brother, Amr ibn Khawailid, who took the responsibility. So, this is another strong view. It was actually the brother of Khatija who sorted the marriage out. The third view, those who say it was Khatija's uncle, Amr ibn Asad, who gave her away in marriage. Hafiz Waqidi, as recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat 1-132, and Tabari in his Tariq 2-282, on the other hand, believes Khatija's uncle, Amr ibn Asad, was the man who assented to the marriage. He adds that whoever said other than this is wrong. For the simple reason that Khatija's father passed away before in the Fijar war. Hafiz Suhaili in his Raud al-Unuf 1-213. Hafiz ibn Sayyid al-Nas in his Uyun al-Athar 1-50. Hafiz ibn Abd al-Bar in his Al-Istiyab 4-280. And Hafiz Shami in his Subul al-Huda al-Rashad 2-224 have seconded this view. So many, many of the scholars have said it was the uncle of Khatija who gave away her in marriage. Hafiz Shami elucidated what has been reported to the effect it was her uncle who married her to Rasulullah is what is mentioned by most of the Sira scholars. This is correct for what Tabari reports to Jubair ibn Mut'im, ibn Abbas and Aisha who all said it was Amr ibn Asad who married Khatija to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and Khawailid had passed away in Fijar. Waqidi preferred it and considered other than this as wrong. Refer to Subul al-Huda or Rashad 2-224. So why, why am I mentioning all this? Because this ulama of the highest rank, but the majority say it was the uncle. So now, how do laymen like us look at all this? The last view, the uncle is the most soundest. For Khatija's father, Khawailid, had clearly passed away before the Fijar battle. Thus, it must have been her uncle who conducted the marriage. As mentioned, to prove this, in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 8, page 9, in the famous battle of Fujar, the father and husband of Khatija were killed. This happened 20 years after the year of the elephant. When Rasulullah was 20 years of age. So it clearly mentions it. Right? That the father had passed away and also her first husband. Those five years later, Khatija married our beloved messenger. 
how then could the father have given it away five years after his death? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, how do you work that? Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, now this is what's strange. The reports that speak of her father marrying her off are stronger in chains. Mm-hmm. They come to us through several routes. All of them weak, but gather strength because of their number. So the scholars now, they look at this. And what they say is, it would be safe to say there has to be some truth to her father's involvement. Not forgetting her father had initially also tried to marry his daughter off to Waraka. I forgot to mention. <laughs> Nofal was the brother. <coughs> uh, Waraka was the cousin of Khadija. So Khadija's father, Khawailid, and Nofal, they were brothers. So Waraka was the uncle's do- uh, son of Khadija. Their fathers were brothers. Now this is also important. Nofal was the eldest brother. Khadija's father, Khawailid, was the youngest brother. Now why is that important to highlight? So even though they were first cousins, Waraka and Khadija, there was a big gap in age. You understand? Because Khadija's father was the youngest of the siblings. Waraka's father, Nofal, was the oldest. There was about 25 to 30 year gap. So I should have mentioned that. That was also important to highlight. So it mentions Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar in his Al Istiyab, volume 2, page 378. Her father wanted to get her married with his nephew, Waraka ibn Nofal who was a scholar of the Old and New Testament. However, this proposal could not mature and she married Abu Hala, the son of Banash the Nimi. Recorded by Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar in his Al-Istiyab, volume 2, page 378. Thus, it would not be far-fetched to point out he may have done the same initially with Rasulullah, but it did not materialize. This is probably where the confusion arose. So think about it. Khadija's father was very intelligent. He was the chief of Asad, the subtribe of the Quraysh, one of the chieftains. Also, Asad is, in, you know, this, I can go on tangents. Well, I might as well, right? So, Khadija's father is Khawailid. Khawailid was the chief of Banu Asad. Banu Asad, the most famous son of Banu Asad was Zubair. Zubair was the most famous from that tribe. Why? Because I've explained the lineage. So Khawailid was very close to Abdul Muttalib, Rasulullah's grandfather. Mm. They were both chieftains. Yes. One was the chieftain of the Banu Hashim, one from the Banu Asad. They actually went to pay their respects to the Abyssinian who uh, who threw out Abraha, you know, the uh, from Yemen. They went as a delegation together to pay their respects to the king there. So. Khawailid was a very intelligent man. Now, if he was so close to Abdul Muttalib, don't you think he knows about his grandson? Mm-hmm. So if he's offered his, he wanted his daughter Khadija to marry Waraka, doesn't it make sense mm-hmm. that he must have also tried to give his daughter to Rasulullah? Yeah. So because of that, this is where the confusion arose. Mm-hmm amongst the narrators. Some then start putting the father into the narrative. You understand? They put the father into the narrative. So, but having said that, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now what's interesting, 
why does it mention he was drunk? So this is also very interesting to point out. If you look at our history, a lot of our history has been manipulated, lifting some people up, lowering some people. And this is obviously because of lack of standards. Not talking about hadith, hadith are unblemished. So, Khatija radiyallahu ignorantly some people, they were trying to raise other mothers of the believers, giving them a higher status. So they started introducing things into history to kind of, you know, find a, fo- a, a failing of hers. So not, she's the unblemished. That's her title, At-Tahira. What did she do? She made her father drunk. What happened to the unblemished? So you notice that somebody is doing something here. So, and the proof's in the pudding. Why? Because the father's dead. How can a dead man become drunk? So you notice, now, why is he got a solid chain? The scholars point out. And the response is, the chain by itself does not prove the authenticity of the report. The text must also pass scrutiny. The chain is the external test. The text is the internal text. If both the text and the chain are sound, then it's an authentic report. Here, it's not authentic. You've got a chain which is sound, but the text has been corrupted. So how can a flawless chain have a corrupted text? And the response is, this is proved by comparing it to other authentic reports. And when you look at other authentic reports, you realize that somebody's made a mistake here. Whether it's deliberate or ignorant, the scholars have discussed. So here we say, this is shad, this is odd. The father's mentioned and he's drunk. That's very odd. It goes against what we know about our beloved mother Khatija. So we don't accept that. Granted, some scholars have narrated that in their books. But we go with the majority. And the majority state it was the uncle. And that makes far more sense because he was alive. And secondly, nothing about drunkenness. Right? And who wouldn't want to give their daughters to Rasulullah? He was al-Ameen. So don't forget, you know, obviously he's not proclaimed prophethood. Everybody, you know, had great love and affection for him. And if he wants to get married, who's gonna you're gonna get your father drunk to get married to the Sudullah? It doesn't make any sense. So again, I wanted to highlight that here, but again, because it's in the books, we need we needed to discuss it somewhat. There is also the following very interesting report. In Ibn Asakir in his Arba'in number 5, Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Jibreel informed me, alayhi salatu wa salam, from Allah the Almighty and Glorious, marriage is not complete except with a guardian and two witnesses. And I, subhanahu wa ta'ala, am the best guardian for Khadija. Subhanallah. So now look how amazing. You've got a hadith. No historical report. Imam Ibn Asakir records it. He said, this is a sound report. What did Rasulullah say? And this is before he's proclaimed prophethood. So he's mentioning this after he's proclaimed. You understand? So definitely in Nabuwat he's mentioning this now. And what did Jibreel inform the Prophet that Allah the Almighty and Glorious told him? Allah the Almighty and Glorious said, marriage is not complete without a guardian and two witnesses. This is Shariat. Then look what the Hadith says. I, the Almighty and Glorious, am the best guardian for Khatija. 
Meaning I, I'm the one who conducted it. <laughs> now why is that important to highlight? Because some people, again, you know, it's the, they've got some strange things lurking in their heart. Because who conducted the marriage? Because Abu Talib. Because a kafir conducted Rasulullah. They keep saying kafir, you know, with venom. <laughs> and then you respond by saying, look, first of all, don't speak ill of Abu Talib. You hurt Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa And then they say, well, you know, you can say what you want, but he's kafir. <laughs> then you respond by saying, he was his father's brother. <laughs> so obviously the father's brother is the uncle. He brought him up like a son. <laughs> so don't you think he's going to be involved in the marriage? Abbas and Hamza were there. <laughs> so you could go on with the arguments, but then you simply finish it by saying, but guess what? Allah Ta'ala really was the guardian. <laughs> he wasn't Abu Talib. Because who said that? Rasulullah and if that doesn't silence them then what's going to silence them so Allah Ta'ala himself said I was conducting the marriage I am the guardian for Khadija don't you dare speak ill of her Hafiz ibn Asakir he commented here this hadith he said is gharib meaning it goes to a single person in the chain the sound position is that Khadija's guardian gave her away in marriage as mentioned the one who married without a guardian was Zainab bin Jahsh, as will be discussed later, inshallah. So Ibn Asaka, being a muhaddith, he didn't let his emotions get in the way. He goes, if you go strictly by the science of hadith, this hadith is gharib. Gharib doesn't mean it's, it's daif. It means that it filters down to a single chain, a single person. But if he's sound, he's sound. Because that is strange. It goes down to one person in the chain. And then he says, the other reports mentioned it was Abu Talib and this, that and the other. But then he says, Zainab bin Jahsh was given away by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that of course is mentioned in the Quran. So he goes, that is definite. So he's highlighting the point that we don't use this to compete with Zainab's honor. Zainab bin Jahsh was given that honor by Allah the Almighty. That's in the Quran. We can't argue with that. But we do have something with regards to Khatija as well. So again, there's a report indicating this. And then inshallah tomorrow, if we're still alive, I'll discuss the age, how old was Khatija when she got married to Rasulullah Because the reports I mentioned thus far indicate again and again she was 40 when she married our beloved Messenger and he was 25. There's no dispute about the Prophet's age. He was 25. So there is a dispute about Khatija's age. And we'll discuss that tomorrow. And what do you notice? You've got to go through it with a very fine comb. You know, it's as soon as you go into history, you know, you could easily go down the garden's path. That's why stick to the narrations of Rasulullah, stick to the hadith, because that's where the truth lies. Thus far, I've been quoting a lot of historical reports. And notice, you've got to purify the history. And how easily can you make a serious mistake? Right? Imagine, you know, you could end up saying this. Rasulullah's marriage, first marriage, was under deception. Khatija deceived her father, made him drunk. And... The one who conducted the marriage on the Prophet's side was Abu Talib the Kafir. Does that settle you there? And yet all of that is in the books. All of that is in the books. How do you respond to it? So you say to the person, I can't respond to you on the street. If you've got time, we can sit, we can discuss. And you'll notice the truth settles with the heart. And then you can discuss how these reports have entered into history. 
you know, and of course, you know, you realize that there's mischievous elements as well. So what I mentioned today was basically two things, I believe. Explaining who or who was responsible for the marriage and also who were the siblings of Khadija. I should have mentioned this on the first, second night, I forgot. But it's important to highlight that her brothers and sisters are also very famous because their children became great companions of Rasulullah. One became the in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Are there any questions you like to ask? Zainab was the eldest daughter of Rasulullah. The one that Allah gave away. No, no. Oh, right. Zainab bin Jahsh, that was uh, the first cousin of Rasulullah. Okay. She first married uh, Zayd ibn al-Haritha, the adopted son of the Prophet yes, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The marriage broke down. Then Allah Ta'ala arranged the marriage with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That was Zainab bin Jahsh. Okay. And she was also related to the Prophet. She said, and she actually boasted about that. She said to the other wives, he goes, I have two things that you have not got. First of all, your fathers gave you away. Because Allah Ta'ala gave me away. And secondly, my grandfather and Rasulullah's grandfather is the same person, Abdul Muttalib. And Aisha goes, we couldn't contest that. So notice, honor is given to all the mothers. But Khatija is given immense honor over the other mothers, and you realize this as you go through her life, inshallah. And, not only the yes. Khatija, this white sounds so unbelievable that she did this, you know, her uncle, her father gone. But the fact that the Prophet went along with it. Yeah. That just makes yeah, it. Obviously, now there's a problem yeah, with yeah. your Akida. If Rasulullah accepted the deception, think about that. He goes, My father was being drunk and I'm going ahead with it to get married. How does that sit with Nabut? <laughs> right? Obviously, it can't be. That has to be rejected. And what's strange is it's in the books. I'll give you the references. The chains are sound as well. That's even more dangerous because that's all people look at now, chains. What about the text? And then you realize there's problems. You know, stuff for Any other comments or questions?